<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything really, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. Enjoy in our Geneva. Enjoy in our Geneva. You know um, what your son would share on the Geneva if he were allowed such a thing? What? French cuffing. <laughs> You know, he loves to French cuff. It's part of his personal brand. This is like, did this start in the summer or in the, is it new for fall? No, well, the French, the French cuffing was new for fall, but only because it took me that long to think of it. What started in the spring was an obsession with pants that were tight at the ankle. And that, it's the beginning of And why? Do we have a logic for this or no? I mean, no, not at all. (laughs) Yeah, why am I asking? Well, okay, the logic, (laughs) I'm not going to, this isn't logic, but if I had to provide an explanation, it's that. For his entire life, I've been putting him in Jenko's. You know, not brand name. I don't know that no, the no. brand Jenko's still alive, although I'm sure someone's trying to revive it if it's not. But as I, they should. As yeah, they no, should. it's time. Yeah. But I just love him in a super oversized wide leg pant, and I always have. I think what's been going on is that he was resisting that, and the, his language for being able to resist that was saying, I want them to be tight at the ankle. I didn't fully understand that, so I started just buying him a lot of, like, slim cut, like a slim. Well, no, more just like a tapered jogger, right? Like like a oh, mm-hmm. like a harem pant? Well, I wanted it. So I, we'll get there. So I bought him a couple <laughs> of, of, like, cuffed pants, basically, uh-huh. and but they were really wide. So they were like, I, they weren't really a tapered jogger. It's not fair. I Pants with elastic cuffs at the ankles. Yeah. And then he was like, no, I need them tight at the ankle, but also shrunk. So basically, he wants to be wearing leggings. But I was like, no, because I I am still on the payroll as your stylist, at least for now. And so and I, in this household, we don't do leggings as pants. Yeah, we don't yeah. unless you're working out. Totally, totally. Or I like when they have the zipper at the bottom and you can like. Well, yeah. when they look stylized, where they look mm-hmm. more like a pant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they actually like remind you more of like a stirrup pant that That's was right. in when we That's were right. like children. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so that was in the spring. And then we transitioned to short season. And I was really hoping that it would be forgotten about by the yeah. time fall That's rolled around. to you. I was completely wrong. He picked up right where he left off. And I spent so much time trying to find, like what you're saying, harem pants, like a drop crotch. Slim from the knee down, right? Yeah. 
Or which, pant. Yeah. Yeah. And they and he wore those a lot when he was younger and they make a lot of them for babies because, because it's, diapers. It's a diaper. Yeah. yeah. Because you get a diaper the shape butt when you're of wearing a, of a hammer yeah. pant suits a diaper. Okay. Right. So I thought no problem. But all the lines that make those make them up to like a size three or four. And Cam <laughs> is in a size five now. The amount of time I spent Googling like slim jogger, toddler, baby, like toddler harem pants, stuff like that. Any parent of a child who is school age, who has opinions about clothes, knows that this is like a true crisis situation. Well, they have to put on clothes every day. Yeah, no, it's true, even if you're not going to school. But like all of us (laughs) have to put on clothes every day. And that is a challenge and a journey. And it it presents obstacles for all of us. But if if it's a child, it presents obstacles for multiple people at once. A high level, extremely urgent was, crisis Claire. because we were of facing it, it every morning. Yeah. And then one day, I don't know, I just remembered French cuffing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll show you. I'll French cuff your pant. And so I took his pants and I folded a little section over and then rolled it up three times. And it was like, now your pants are tight at the ankle. And Erica, it thrilled him and it satisfied him. And he was, and that, and it solved everything. I just love mm-hmm. it. I think it comes back to actually conversations we've been having on this podcast kind of mm-hmm. for a long time. It's like not that he needs new clothes. It's that he needs to learn how to wear his clothes. Like <laughs> Alison right. Bernstein would be like super yeah. on board with this. Amy Smilovic would be like, yes, like he doesn't need new pants. He yeah. needs new ways to wear his to wear pants. his pants. Well, the other beauty of this is our morning routine is that I exercise and I usually by the time I get home from my run or whatever I've done, he is eating breakfast with Chris in the kitchen. And now every morning I walk in, he turns around, he says, mommy, will you French cuff my pants? Like that is integral to our morning routine now. I will say there is something so Eloise the books about Mm. the French cuff of it all. (laughs) Like that he knows the term. Yes. And then mm-hmm. it comes out of his wee mouth <laughs> and that he says, mommy, will you French cuff my yeah. pants? Yeah. It's not a Spanish cuff. It's not <laughs> no. a New York cuff. It is a French cuff. It's a French cuff. It's a French cuff. I cannot. Two things about it. One, the evil genius of it is that there are times where I have to be like, I can't French cuff those pants because they're already too slim. You got to go put on a pair of wide legs if you want me to French So you cuff get them. them back in the pants. So I get them in. back in the pants that I want them in because those are the easiest ones to French cuff because there's enough material to do it with. Chris was immediately like, I don't like this at all because French cuffing requires some technique and they're going to come un-French cuffed at school. And, and then it's going to be a meltdown whole thing. about it. And he was like, you have to teach me how to do the French cuff because if I can't do it and you're not here, that's going to be a problem. And I was like, stop being crazy. It just, oh, he he doesn't really know the difference between a French cuff and a cuff. I was wrong. Yeah, I, (laughs) obviously, Claire, this is a particular child. He knows the difference between a French cuff and a cuff. But also, I think everybody in the household should know how to do these things. Just like everybody should know how to do braids. You know what I mean? It's like if there's a braid happening, every, every parent, every adult should be able to do the braid. I agree. And pretty soon, I think Cam will probably be able to French cuff his own pants. And that's just part of, you know, independence, being independent. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> will he learn to tie his own shoes or French cuff pants first? Definitely the French cuffing of <laughs> pants. Way easier. I mean, way easier. Way yeah. easier. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's been, it, it it has been absolutely huge for us. I It was such a crisis. I bought so many pairs of pants. I'm so glad to be done with it. I will say... The one company that came through in this situation is called Lucky Wang. 
They're uh-huh. based in New York. I think they're a family-owned business. They mm. sell other people's brands, but they also sell their own brand of pants. And they have essentially a harem pant for kids in cute colors and fun patterns and stuff. They're, they're a solve. I love If you this. don't feel like French cuffing. I mean, but you know, wear the pants you have. French cuff them. It's a yeah, lesson for exactly. all of us. It's a lesson right. for all of us. We both <laughs> separately came upon something on Twitter, but you you were the smart one who flagged to, to share it. It's so good. <laughs> well, it's so good and it's incredibly a thing or two. I don't yeah. know. It just feels like yeah. it feels right up our audience's alley. So Jen Rose Smith shared... My best cooking advice is to fill your cookbooks with what and especially who you cooked for. It seems like no big thing until a decade go by and some elders at the table have passed on and the babies are in middle school. It's so good. It's so good. It's so nice. It like really makes nice. these cookbooks like an heirloom thing too in a yes. way that, I, you know what I mean? Like we grew up with like parents who would like, re- your parents have like recipe cards. They have recipe cards, but more they write their modifications in. In the cookbook itself. Cookbooks, which is very, you know, at some point I realized how sentimental that would be to me to have these cookbooks where they made all of the notes about what they do. Yes. Differently. Yes. But yeah, this is like the added layer on top of that. It's incredibly charming. I absolutely love it. I also love the idea of just doing it like for, you know, mundane like dinner at home. Cam liked it. Whatever it is. I yes. just it's very nice. It's lovely, especially as, you know, I just sometimes cookbooks feel like such a rarity these days because everything's on the apps and the websites. It's just nice. It's just nice. It's just nice. Speaking of cookbooks, you have been cooking from one. Ali Slagle's cookbook, which we I think we've talked about or you put we in have. the newsletter maybe. We have her I dream of dinner so you don't have to. I was in such a cooking rut and it got me out. You were cracked, for like I, a month. I feel like you were just oh, like, we're Erica, not doing I feel this. like a year, <laughs> like maybe <laughs> okay, nine okay. months. If I was cooking, I definitely You were making food. You recipes. just like weren't cooking. Yeah. Yeah. And like often wasn't making food either. I just really was over it for a while. It was bad. And I was like, when am I going to get out of it? And then I took Ali Slegel's cookbook off the shelf. I was thumbing through it. And I was like, This feels so achievable. I do really recommend it if you are also in a cooking rut because the recipes are really well considered. She's very much just like, I know that you don't know what to make for dinner. Here are some ideas. They all feel incredibly contained. She's thoughtful about not using a ton of A, ingredients or pots and pans. The ingredient lists are never done. She's she's conscious of cleanup. Yes. They just all feel so doable. They're really easy to eyeball. There's not a lot of text. You can just look and like sort of get a sense of how longish is this going to take? Do I actually have what I need? She has a knack for just in this book for really being like, it's it's not that hard and it's going to be okay. And you're just going to do this. I made this chipotle tomato baked rice the other day. It was oh, so good. It's that's so, so you. You love a chipotle yeah. and you love like a, a, a tomato rice. Um, I really, can I tell you, it's so easy. You roast whole cherry tomatoes. You're not, there's yep. like no chopping. Already, already this love this. Great. You roast them with, okay, you are going to chop up a chipotle from the can and then wonder what you're going to do with the rest of the can. That well, is that's problem. the journey of chipotle yeah. in general. Can't get around that. And then you're chopping up an onion. Okay, so you're chopping that. I, t- I take back what I said about chopping. But you still you're, aren't chopping the tomatoes. Fine. No, th- which is huge. And then you're dumping them in a pan with olive oil, roasting it for 15 to 20 minutes, taking it out, dumping rice in, dumping water in, covering it, and then roasting it for another 20 minutes and you've got this tomato rice on the other side. The thing that you will not do, but the recipe calls for is putting a cinnamon stick in. Oh no, roasting. absolutely not. I could do or absolutely do it without. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do it the next time, but 
Yeah, no, that's not for me. That's oh, for and me. then when it comes out, please, you serve it drenched in lime juice and with salted peanuts on top, which was really unexpected, but so good. Drenched in lime juice is so up our alley. So Salted peanuts on top. How does that go? I thought it was going to be weird, but it's so good. I love it. And this. I served it with grilled chicken and it was great. I know you're not a chicken gal, but no, you know. but listen, I'm not I could just do this. I don't need Yeah, you could yeah. do this. I could just yeah, do she this. also says you could put an egg on top and put cheddar cheese on top. Of course. Of it was course. so easy. And it will um, last forever and get better, you know. Yeah. The two things I have cooked multiple times from this cookbook are swordfish with asparagus and little beans. Mm, and the trick you love with swordfish. I do love swordfish. But the trick with this one is mm-hmm. that you you're cutting the swordfish into little cubes. Which I've never really thought to do before. And then coconut green curry cabbage. Delicious. Sounds incredibly good. I like very fall. Love a green curry. Thank you so much, Pillsbury, for sponsoring today's episode. I have been doing a lot of patting myself on the back lately because Cameron's palate has expanded considerably. Oh, what do we got now? All sorts of things, Erica, as long as you dip or wrap them in things he likes, which I feel like is a really obvious parenting hack that I just didn't pick up on. Well, I think there's a little bit of that, but also he's just hit an age where that's what works right now. So great. Great. I feel like for the longest time, I was like, he won't eat vegetables, so I'm not even going to try. And now I'm like, oh no, he will. I just have to let him sort of modify them. And then he's at least getting the vegetables. And I will say that Pillsbury Crescent Rolls are a great way to do this. You just wrap whatever up in this crescent roll. You fill it, you roll it, you bake it. You're done. Easy, easy. 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 I love this full roll bake thing. I like it just makes it seem <laughs> it's stop, drop, and roll, but for dinner. <laughs> stop, drop, and roll, but for dinner. So much more delicious, really. Are they still doing stop, drop, and roll? Claire, who could say? Who could say? Who <laughs> we're could definitely say? fill roll bake, though. We're, we're definitely, still doing that. We're definitely doing fill roll bake. You can yeah. find all kinds of recipes on Pillsbury.com. There's like pepperoni pizza crescent rolls. I feel like you could shove some like mushrooms in there and do just oh, like for sure. a supreme pizza situation. For Chicken, sure. Chicken bacon ranch crescent rolls, ham and cheese crescent rolls. You get the idea. Yeah. You can find Pillsbury in the dairy aisle. Dinner prep in 30 minutes or less. And it is picky eater pleasing. It is I need my veggies wrapped in stuff. Pleasing. Yes. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at Pillsbury.com. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, Bestie, I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. We are the hosts of Creeps and Crimes podcast. Every Thursday, Morgan takes us on a deep dive into a paranormal case or a conspiracy theory. And Taylor will bring you a detailed and accurate reporting on a true crime case. Since we launched in 2020, we have never missed a Thursday. With over 160 episodes ready for you to binge, you will never run out of cases. And you can follow along on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes podcast. Whether you're in the car or enjoying a glass of wine, tune in every Thursday to Creeps and Crimes. I also <clears throat> wanted to make the statement that I think that cabbage is the corn of fall 2023. Well, you are the produce whisperer. Yeah. Well, and I think that at least New York Magazine definitely agrees with me because they mm-hmm. have been, you would not believe the ink spilled about cabbage in New York Magazine <laughs> in the last like three weeks. Mm-hmm. There's a Grub Street article that was when did cabbage get so sexy, which in itself is just like mm. quite the headline because apparently cabbage rolls and cabbage, like stuffed cabbage are showing up on all kinds of menus. The thing that I loved about this was that they told us the actual answer, mm. which is that cabbage is cheap. So according to Kenneth Bauer, a produce specialist from Baldor Specialty Foods, the price barely fluctuates because it's often grown nearby and can be stored year-round. Even status brassica, like Napa cabbage ceilings, around $190 per pound. And by comparison, heirloom tomatoes are $7.94 a pound in the summer, mm-hmm. and little gems are between like $7.50 and $9. This is helpful. This is like what you this is like, this is actually why chefs are using a thing. Can I posit something? Yeah. I don't think that cabbage is the new corn. I think the cabbage is the new cauliflower. Totally. Or Brussels sprout. I mean, it's Brussels sprouts grown up. I don't know. I think in the way that like cauliflower was just like everybody's answer to like a meteor vegetable dish. Like everything. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think that's right. I'm thrilled about this because one of my childhood besties, Bryce, comes from Wisconsin and her family's business is growing cabbage. I didn't know that. Oh, well, but you did. I think I've told you that her mom was a sauerkraut queen. Totally. I did know that. I just didn't know it's because she had cabbage in her blood. Well, you don't get elected sauerkraut queen if you don't have, (laughs) you know, (laughs) if you're not true royalty. (laughs) Something Thomas and I talk about truly, like so much more than a person should, Mm -hmm. is Thomas's family's Czech. And Mm -hmm. in traveling to the Czech Republic, to Austria, to Germany, like to that region. Mm-hmm. There's so much cabbage, but in each of those countries, they they do it their way and no other way. So mm. in the Czech Republic, you always cook it. It's like sliced okay. thin and then mm-hmm. stewed or like braised and it's red cabbage. Yeah. Okay. The Germans do sauerkraut and they're like, why would you need anything but a sauerkraut? Like this is mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in Austria, you have like the red cabbage salad with like the walnuts and the lingonberry. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that there's... It's as if everyone thinks there is truly just one use for the thing. It's Mm -hmm. fascinating. It is fascinating. New York Times was like, New York Mag, you can have cabbage. Radicchio is having a moment. I have thoughts on this. (laughs) It's pink. 
I love radicchio. I think mm-hmm. it is beautiful. I feel mm-hmm. like during the pandemic, there was a mm-hmm. lot of like Italian heirloom radicchio that was being rolled out at our little like Hearts Grocer mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. Natura, which is mentioned in this Grub Street yeah. article. Oh, um, yeah. Natura loves radicchio. Yeah. They love a radicchio. Yeah. I think that radicchio is like mm-hmm. the stealth wealth version of cabbage. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. So it, much more expensive. <laughs> like so much more expensive. Like 30 to 40% more beautiful. But like red cabbage and radicchio. Like, yeah. Anyway, what you is, get it. What's the name? I'm going to come up empty because I feel like you and I went have had this exact conversation before. <laughs> what is the name of the like family of lettuces that radicchio is in and Romans has a dish that's just Brassicas. like- so- Brassicas. No, no. Chicories? Is it chicories? Chicories. Yeah, chicories. No, is that right? I feel like it's something else. Okay, let me look at the Romans menu. That's what I'm looking at. Oh, well, that's it then. Is it? They say chicories, radishes. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Chicories. Yeah. Yeah. Chicories. Yes. Romans just always has this appetizer that's just chicories. It's just all the, and it's radicchio and it's like whatever chicories or lettuces. Yeah. So great. So it great. is very good. It is one of the I get it every time. Yeah. It's quite good. We don't have to list every great cabbage recipe, but are we are, so I, busy? <laughs> do we have so much to talk about on this episode? Wait until we get to iPhone notes. Okay, two. That one that you introduced. No, I, I, I want to pull up one. my other cabbage recipes in my Yeah, because you, I feel like all <laughs> of the ones I have, you've introduced me to because there's really? the, the little yellow house or yellow casa. Oh, yeah. One that is so good. You roast cabbage and then you dump apple cider vinegar olive oil and a shit ton of parmesan on top yeah you wedge it you cut it into wedges it's so good it's so 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 good i have a a few that i've made recently okay this salt and vinegar cabbage from the new smitten kitchen cookbook that's the one that has butter on it right yeah that's that's what i'm that's what you're thinking yeah 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 holy shit it's so good it's it's one of those recipes that I made in the spring and then summer came and didn't turn on the oven. And then I made again recently and Thomas was like, I think I've had this before, but it is so good and I want it again tomorrow. Like that's how good (laughs) this is. We we didn't have it again tomorrow, but I have a pitch. Please. So I just think that for the longest time I was trying to come up with some sort of system for Uh. organizing my brain my notes, my inspirations. You mean like an Evernote kind of like whatever, whatever. I was always exploring them. None of them were clicking for me. It's like bullet journaling, Claire, where I'm like, this is so nice that people have this. Mm -hmm. No, totally. For me, and I recognize it's not for everybody, the answer is just the iPhone notes. Yeah. And I have fully leaned into it and embraced it that literally everything, like I see a tweet online I like, I screenshot it, I link it, I put a bunch of search terms in the note, and that is it. By it, search terms, you mean metadata. You enter yes. like <laughs> you yes. enter like full metadata. Because I've watched yeah. you do it. I've watched yeah. you be like yeah. a dentist. You'd be like dentist, yeah. teeth, cleaning, yes. oral yes. health appointment. And I'm like, oh, yes. yeah, that yeah. <laughs> because I'm not gonna remember later. The reason this works so well is because the iPhone notes are so searchable. Yeah. And I don't need anything to And you're doing images organized. there? You're doing yes. images there. Okay. Not always, but I have more recently started with like Instagrams and, and tweets that like I just kind of want to have filed away for that moment when something comes up in conversation and you're like, oh my God, I have to show you this meme, right? 
Because you've watched me try to scroll through to like find mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just when leave I'm the actually- conversation for seven minutes, try to <laughs> yes. find the thing and then. Rejoin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you just I- never know when it's going to come up. And no, also you don't. You don't. Anyone listening to this podcast has also experienced me trying to like paraphrase memes, which is always <laughs> a massive disappointment. <laughs> so I just feel like I just need to actually have them. Yeah. Available. Yeah. What works about it is the same thing that works about Gmail and why Gmail was so revelatory when it was introduced circa like 2004, I'm going to guess. Gmail's whole value proposition at that point and why everybody was so excited to get on it was because it was really searchable. Because yeah. Google had made its name around search. That's all right. anybody knew Google for. I kind was of that forgot was really that was the whole thing. It was the entire thing. And it was like, if you had Gmail, it was really easy to find Remember everything. Remember when we couldn't find things yes. through email? And so you spend so much time also like putting things in folders and very few people in the population are good at like being archivists and librarians of their own life. No, that's why there's like a library sciences degree. (laughs) Yes. And so Gmail all of a sudden did away largely with the need to organize anything because you could just search everything. And that is what works about notes. It is so searchable and it is fully in my brain now. And as my memory degrades with age, if it is not in my notes app, it doesn't exist. I met a mom the other day who told me her name. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I just have to write it down. And I just started a new note and it said, Darlene is Maximilian's mom or something. Like I, yeah, whatever right. her name is. And I was just like, next time I see this woman, I'm going to just search her, her kid's name. Totally. In my app. It's wonderful and it's helpful. And yeah, I just, I I advocate for this. I take a lot of screenshots at this point for kind of the same purpose. Mm-hmm. And now knowing that like you can search, if I take a screenshot of an Instagram post that has text in it, I know that I can search my photos for a word. And I know that there are problems with this part of surveillance capitalism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are many issues that that our phones are reading every Mm -hmm. single thing that we do say, post, whatever. But God, it is (laughs) Erica, I had the most wonderful experience with that search function this morning. Longtime listeners of this podcast may recall in early pandemic, Cam needed stitches on his face and we were introduced to the most Dr. Welks, charming, enigmatic <laughs> pediatric plastic surgeon and he who prefers text message as his medium of communication. And so we, he had the most insane way of, of texting. He would say Welks as you're welcome. He would refer to Cam as bra. Our friend Chelsea Instagrammed this week that her kid needed stitches and she went to Dr. Wolf and I was like, oh my God, I haven't thought about Dr. Wolf in so long. I love that man. And then was l- looked to my phone to see I if I still have my- I was wondering if she went to Dr. <laughs> Wolf and following this story on Instagram, I was like, this seems like the vibe, but I don't. I'm not. Don't feel like I'm in a position to ask. Oh, I immediately responded. And was like, Love well, I Dr. didn't Welk. know the man's name. I just know <laughs> Doctor Welks. Like she was like, I felt like I was meeting a celebrity, and I was like, you were. But then I was so sad because I was like, how will I possibly find these text messages that are like no longer on my phone? Well, thank God I'd screenshotted them and sent them to <laughs> you and ten other group chats because I just searched my phone for Wolf and all of a sudden remembered that. Not only did he say Welks, not only did he say bra, when I text messaged with him the day before Christmas Eve, he said, Feliz Nav. <laughs> it's so Honestly, good. Honestly, this is a man who writes like an early ops blogger. You know what I yes, mean? Yes. Like totally. he's like one step away from maze balls. Like he is like oh, just right up there. 1000%. Dr. Wolf, if you're out there and single, I'd still like to find someone to set you up with. I, incredibly charming. I feel like there's a line forming right now. Probably. Is, yeah. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Thank you so much to Masterclass for sponsoring today's episode. And you know what else? Thank you so much to Masterclass for hosting classes from John Kabat-Zinn, who I absolutely adore. John Kabat-Zinn is the guy responsible basically for bringing mindfulness to Western medicine and saying, this is something that actually helps. This is real. This this works. And he has really changed my approach to mental health. I read one of his books when I was really depressed around 2010. And since then, I just gobble up anything I can get from him. And I was so excited to see that there is a class from John Kabat-Zinn on Masterclass. I absolutely cannot wait to take it. They have so many amazing classes and from people I think you wouldn't like naturally expect. That is right. This fall, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass, from leadership to negotiating to creativity to cooking. Whether you're watching Masterclass on TV, listening in audio mode, in the app or on their site, the quality speaks for itself. It's like Masterclass instructors are your own personal mentors that are going to help you reach the next level. How much would it cost to take one-on-one classes with the world's best? Easily tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. With a Masterclass annual membership, it's $10 a month. Memberships start at $120 a year for unlimited access to one-on-one classes with all 180 plus masterclass instructors, like former FBI Chris Voss's negotiation class and Esther Perel's teaching relational intelligence. Boost your confidence and find practical takeaways you can apply to your life and work. And if you own a business or are a team leader, use masterclass to empower and create future-ready employees and leaders. There are over 180 classes to pick from with new classes added every month. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash a thing or two. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash a thing or two. Masterclass.com slash a thing or two.
Did you know you can tell the difference between a laboratory-grown diamond and a natural diamond? Laboratory-grown diamonds are mass-produced in factories in just a few weeks and are easily detected due to their distinct patterns. On the other hand, natural diamonds are over a billion years old and support the livelihoods of over 10 million people worldwide. The positive impact of natural diamonds is widespread. Around 80% of the value of every rough diamond remains in local communities and supports infrastructure, healthcare, education, and environmental protection. So next time you're thinking of celebrating a special moment in your life, remember that your natural diamond also protects vulnerable wildlife species and brings prosperity to many less fortunate communities around the world. For more information, visit naturaldiamonds.com. Oh, the other thing I was going to say, mm-hmm. when you're talking about as you get older, mm-hmm. if you don't write it down, it's just like doesn't yeah. exist. When I am with people and I say something and you can tell they actually want to remember it and then they don't write it down. Like <laughs> it, it stresses you out. It stresses me out. It stresses yeah. me out because I'm like, how are you living? How are you yeah. moving through no, life? Totally. And then sometimes you get the follow-up email that's like, or the right. text that was like, what's that mm-hmm. thing? Whatever. Which yeah. is fine. I mean, listen, fine. it's fine. Yeah. But we're all capable of doing like the same act of just yes. taking out the dumb phone and writing the thing down. Normalize it, you know? I'm going to tell you a list of of recent notes on my phone. Cam, the other day at dinner, told me all the kids in his class who get in trouble a lot for not listening, wrote those names down. I didn't want to forget. It just felt like it was going to be relevant in my life It's going to come up a lot. Obviously, all the lists of shows that people tell me to watch. This note, this is a note that's been really good. I keep a list of ideas for what to do with Cam on a rainy day. On a rainy, it has rained every weekend for the last two months. That note has come in really handy. I have a list called City Things that is like That's stuff in Manhattan one. that I yes. want to do. Great one. <laughs> As Great someone one. who lives in Brooklyn, it's just like yeah. nice to be like, these are the things I want to mm-hmm. do when I'm in Manhattan. And I'll put like, if it's a gallery or whatever, I'll put when the show's running to so that I can just like great. delete it or whatever when it's done. It could be like a food cart, like whatever. Yes. Just no, it's a great know. idea. Yeah. Our mortgage interest rate. I yeah. can never remember. Sometimes you just like want to know. You it know? is also one of these things where – it's one of those numbers that when you are getting it, right, you mm-hmm. assume you'll remember it forever. Of course. Like, it feels incredibly, yeah. And then two years later, you're like, beats me. Like, and it's beats me. Exactly. And it's not like my social security number where it's like in a dock with like all the important stuff. And the note just says, our mortgage interest rate on our home is. <laughs> <laughs> on our home. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to, you know. I do okay. think for that one, you probably would search mortgage. Just search mortgage. Then, like home. Right. Yeah. It, you wouldn't be like, what is... What is home rate? I um, think the point I'm trying to make is I use it like your mom uses Google or like we yeah. both use Google at this yeah, point, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. which is no, you totally. just talk to it like a person. You use it like the film Memento with like the post-it <laughs> notes on the mirror of like, yes. this is your name. Mm-hmm. This is how old you are. Yeah. And here's where you are right now. That's right. And here's the name of your general practitioner whose name just like will never stick with you, but does become relevant every once in a while when you're like doing an intake form. Yep. Another one, this one, I don't know if it'll come up, but I've been seeing, you know, B2B businesses have been really into advertising on the subway lately at, you know, like all the, all the startup, the tech startup ones, like the way that they did in San Francisco five years ago, they were all buying billboards and it was like, why do B2B businesses advertise like this? Now it's happening here. And I'm always like, I don't know. I don't need like an app making technology but I might eventually. <laughs> and I don't want to be like, what was that one I saw on the C train? Well, and then and then it's called Monday. Yes. Um, also. Is, is, the, is one of the management tools, which we've used yeah. and had a great experience yeah. with. 
Yeah. How in the world are you supposed to remember that or Google it and find it out? Exactly. Know? So yeah. I just wrote down, what is the one that I, let's see here. Mm. Flowdesk, mobile app software. Who knows? Now, yeah, we might need it. I don't know. Who knows? Friends addresses because I hate the contacts. I hate the contacts too. It's so slow. It never works. Why are we having to put it in things line by line in the contacts? It's It's so obnoxious. This technology definitely knows when I type in a full address, it knows what all those pieces are. It could do that itself. Of course. It knows that when I type NY, that's a state. Yes, obviously. By the way, though, yesterday somebody submitted as their thingies on Instagram, saving their friends' addresses as a location in maps. That I, I loved. Like, that, that I, I love. Also a great way of dealing with this. I I use the notes app more because, you know, if I'm sending gifts, I used to have to like search in my inbox for the last time no, I sent I know. them something. You, you search know? the last name and USPS. Yes. yes. <laughs> Confirmation. Yeah. yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. not great. Not no, great. Keeping it in notes app from now on. You know? So anyway, I don't know. I just think other people might be underutilizing their notes app. I think so. I think not so. Not you. You, I know, have always. <laughs> Me, you, no. If Me. I use it like memento, you use it like, hmm. Yeah, tell me. Like a bullet journal, honestly. No, like, it's not that good. It's not. That's giving me so much credit. Well, you you do have some, we'll call them systems, like with a capital S. Claire, my system is like October is the name of the note because I That's don't like system. when something, I don't like, okay. <laughs> I don't like when it automatically makes the first line a title and it doesn't feel like an actual title. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course. I don't like typing the actual yeah. content in the title field. Yeah. And so I like yeah. to have things organized in some way. Yeah. And so for me, it's like an, it is a note that says November. Yeah. And then I drop in truly all the nonsense yeah. I hear during the month of November. Yeah. So, some of which I like have like a more urgent use for. Some of right. which I'm like, I should Google that later. I think the thing about the system is nothing yeah. that you've just said. It's the December 1 being like, oh, December 1, let me review my November list. No, no, no. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. No, no, no. I don't. If I'm looking for things for the newsletter or if I'm like, oh, somebody told me about a movie, then I open the November to be like, it doesn't live here. Was there something? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. It doesn't. It's a like reference in the background. Something you don't use it for. And it doesn't seem to be a problem for you. Yeah. But I- can't like to me it's crazy not to is taking notes on phone calls it is just so useful for that of being like what did that guy and who and like what did he say I know I use a written like I use a notebook for that I don't think that a notebook is the best answer for that because then I have to go out get my little notebooks and try to figure out where that piece of content yeah and and like what day what day that phone call happened on and yeah I don't love it but I do remember things better if I write them down yeah. by hand. So there's like the trade-off. Well, but if they're um, in your notes, you don't have to remember them. I, well, I but sometimes I'm, I still want I, to. I don't know. I it's tricky. It. No. I, I am interested. Do you know that thing Remarkable? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Someone had recommended this yes. at some point in our Geneva, and I keep mm-hmm. hearing about it. You know, our friend Dan Fromore also recommended it years ago. Well, does um, our, doesn't Ben use it, our management coach? I think so. But it's basically a tablet that you can mm-hmm. take notes directly into that is meant to feel like writing on paper, yeah. not writing on a screen. Mm-hmm. And then it, it transcribes the, or it makes those things search. It converts them into type. Exactly. So I've been very tempted yeah. by it because I feel like it could be the solve. Remarkable. You can send us 
ones. You can advertise on this podcast. You can send us them. It's like tons of options. We will provide Um, honest reviews that are honest but biased because you sent them to us for free. Just ask Calzoros. Yeah. We were honest. The other thing I just would be remiss to leave this segment without saying that is truly one of the most valuable uses of it for me is the restaurant note taking. You know, what you like at a restaurant, what you don't like so you don't fuck up again the next time. It's the version of those cutesy notebooks of like what wines you like, you know? Right, right, right. Totally, totally, totally. No, it is so useful. Where did you take it out recently to update your, to update your notes? You and I went somewhere recently and you were like, I got to write this down that this is what I like here. Do you remember? I remember that happening and I, but I can't. I I can't remember, but you and I, I mean, it has served us at Sugarfish for years. Neither of us have to remember that we don't like the, I don't even And neither of us can. <laughs> no. <laughs> so for years now, like at least five, probably a lot more, I've been pulling up this thing every time we order at Sugarfish to say, can you give us the base scallop instead of the harame, whatever. Yeah. Chris and I went to Goose Feather over the weekend and I hadn't didn't have any notes, which we were both shocked by. So then as we were eating, he was like, did you put that in your notes? And I was like, oh, look who's gotten on board with this system. Oh, I know where it was. It was Shunley. Oh, yes. Yes. I did (laughs) update my notes. And our friend Marissa recommended a a new item. Ants. It's not called Ants Marching. It's not called Ants Marching and it's Um, not Ants on a log. If you have Ants Marching, you'll know what it is on the menu. You don't need to worry about it. It's Ants Climbing a Tree. And climbing a tree. I added that to the note because it's really yeah. good. It's going to be yeah. on the list from now on. No, it was yeah. excellent. It was excellent. Just um, as important, by the way, to write down the things you don't like so you don't say like, oh, that might be good. Because often you see things on a menu and it has two yeah. or three of your ingredients, you know, mm-hmm. your ingredients. Yeah. And you order it and you're like, it's not what I wanted. That's right. And you need to remember that because, gosh, I screw up all the time. Something that I used my photo search skills for mm-hmm. um, the other day mm. was to find this term that was shared with us via yes. Instagram DM that I was, thank God, ha- my brain was in the space where it was mm-hmm. remembered to take a screenshot. Maddie Fraser shared the term biz riz. It's so good. How is it not a thing? In, circula- a thing. in circulation. In circulation. <laughs> In circulation. Oh, my God. So basically, we've talked about Riz on this podcast, mm-hmm. short for charisma, used by mm-hmm. the children. Yeah. Biz Riz is, as Maddie says, a term that I didn't coin but feel perfectly captures the specific art form of cor- corporate of corporate charm. One of those terms that immediately clicked for me, and now I can't believe I lived without this vernacular until now. It's so good. Biz Riz. Biz, I did Riz. spend about – I didn't dedicate a lot of time to it, but as I was reading the notes for today's script and thinking about, you know, do I have anything to add? I was like, can I think of any any companies that have BizRiz? And unfortunately, we're in such a a dark time for BizRiz. It was I was struggling to come up with anybody but who I had BizRiz. People who do for sure, for people sure. There's with people it, yeah. who Biz, who have BizRiz. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Something related to this. Mm-hmm. You did not coin the term, but I think in my for me, you coined mm-hmm. the usage. We had dinner the other night with two single gals and mm. you one of them is sort of a new pal mm-hmm. and you asked her what she was looking for in a prospective date mm-hmm. and, but you asked what was on her RFP. Yeah, I said what's the RFP? No, it's true. It's actually so obvious that I can't believe it it is also not in circulation. It should be in circulation. Yeah. RFP, request yeah. for proposal, which um, you leveled 
to give credit where credit's due, why isn't there a romance novel called Request for Proposal? An That's our title. Romance? Don't take it. That's ours. Yeah. That's ours. <laughs> Don't fucking take it. I mean, God, what women want took place at an ad agency. What women want is like a fine title. No. Request for, Request proposal. for proposal. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 No, here we go. Here we go. You know who could use that? It's like a dating app instead of being like, what are you looking for? You know who's going to use your- it? The league. <laughs> because the league uh, totally. is really, that is, that yes. is the, where they're operating. Yeah. What's the RFP? Yeah. Another great one that we came across. Also, this one on Twitter via Madeline Agler, friend-in-law. A friend-in-law is one of your best friends, best friends who you've met maybe four times. You know everything about their job, relationships, career, family, shame, dreams, medical history, etc. Talk about clicking immediately. Shame is the word here that I think is just <laughs> extremely powerful. Everything it's about their job, so relationships, good. career, family, shame, dreams, medical history, etc. Shame. <laughs> I sent it to my friend Carrie who like I, I need to tell her about normal gossip because she is like she's just way too invested. She's the target in the lives demo. Of people. Yeah. She's the target demo. She's yeah. way too invested in the lives of people she doesn't know. I all of her friends are my friend in laws. I know too much about their shit. When I sent it to her, she was like, Yeah, this is like when I go to tell a story to someone and I say my college roommate's best friend from high school. I was like, Yes, that's correct. <laughs> you're telling a story about your college roommate's best friend from high school, which is my best friend from high school. <laughs> God. This one is more of a question for the crowd. And it's I'm going to try to make it the last time I bring up the first and last time I bring up Travis Kelsey. I mean, on Best this of episode. luck to you. Oh, oh, on this episode. Okay. Yeah, I was like, let's no, we've definitely thought, already talked careful. about him. Let's be careful yeah, about no, on this episode. <laughs> Obviously, I've been exposed to a lot more footage of him recently, both past and current. Something that he says a lot, and not just him, but his teammates, is how about that? How about that? How about that? Like a lot. And at first I just thought it was like is I don't it know. his one no, thousand percent? Is it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, because it's not he's really asking. So it's like Oh, okay. This, this started. Well, no, he's not really asking. He's asking it rhetorically. It's not um, it's not a question. Where it comes up several times is in a clip that got circulated a lot to just be like, This man has incredible riz. And it's right after he won the Super Bowl. And it's him when his mom approaches him afterwards. And before his mom approaches him, he's just walking through the field. Everybody's like high-fiving, whatever. Yeah. And he, he's going, right? How about that, Jimmy? How about that? And then his mom comes up and he's like, he's like, mom, how, how about that, mom? Like, you had the week of your life. I just had the year of my life. How about that? So then I was like, that's just like a weird phrase. But then now I'm watching all this these football clips and everybody's saying, how about that? I'm like, is this an athlete thing? I'm genuinely asking. Is this yeah, something this we is, are saying? This is, is this is this, this NFL is a call specific? in? This is an 833-632-5463. We want your voicemails to explain it, please. And is it how about da? Because that's kind of how he says it, but okay. he also has an accent. Or is it how about that? I just yeah. I need to know. I need yeah, to know everything. everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. A journey I want you to take us on. As if I didn't already take you on a journey with French cuffing. <laughs> <laughs> you ask so much of me, but I'm happy to give it. Well, it's all textile journeys. Um, it's true. I had a bunch of friends coming to stay with me a couple weekends ago. The aforementioned, you know, high school friends were all coming to stay. And I realized that I didn't have enough towels. There were like eight people or something staying. And I was like, I don't know if I have enough clean towels for all these people. And I should just, I should, it's time to get more. And my last towel purchase, which I really love, they were Wamsutta, which is a Bed Bath & Beyond house line. Is obviously no longer Own in brand. existence. Own brand. Owned yeah. brand. Those towels are now part of the beyond. They do not exist anymore. Wamsutta <laughs> is 
is no longer. I searched high and low being like, well, I don't know, maybe Wamsada still exists. Like, I don't know. Or maybe you can still get these on Amazon or something. I located a Reddit thread, which I loved because it was some dude being like, these are the only ones my wife liked. And everybody in the comments is also a dude. And there's like a lot of razzing and a lot of trolling. And then also the like prototypical Reddit guy who ins- who gets so nerdy about it and is like, well, that was manufactured by that company, but they use the same factory as XYZ. And this is another line that that factory produces. And, and I was very charmed by that. It was ultimately not fruitful for me. I think that even now the factories at this point are done. So I was despondent. I loved those towels. Despondent. And, yeah. Yeah. No, that's the only word. As you said, everybody talks about discontinued makeup. Nobody is talking about discontinued linens. Nobody. Nobody. As if as if a lip gloss is the only thing we right. can have an irrational relationship with. <laughs> well, I had an irrational relationship with Wamsutta. I think they like th- those were really quality products. So now I'm then faced with the question of which brand of towels that are actually still being manufactured to buy. And I had no idea, despite the fact that I'm obviously privy to like 17 conversations a month about what the best towel brand no, is. No, but it's hard because at this point, the go-tos are wire cutter and strategists. Yes. You know, we tried to fill a part of this gaping hole for a minute. There are a lot of shopping newsletters with secret menu. Excuse me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of shopping newsletters at this point. But like basically whenever you're trying to find it, like the information is coming at you when you're not looking for it. So that is why the conversations are constantly happening. And as a consumer or just as a person on the internet, I'm so bored when everybody's talking about it. I'm like, why is everybody jumping in on this? But it is because somebody always is me. (laughs) <laughs> the towels. Yeah. So you then, never right then, to- right then, right then. So then I was like in the situation where I was like, I'm not going to start another one of these conversations. They happen daily. And it's on me that I wasn't paying attention when they happened in the past, you know, because they bored me. So it's like, who cares? Yeah. 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 And instead I purchased and returned two full sets of towels before landing on my third, which was Casatex, which I'd never even heard of. Had you heard of it? No. Who took you to Casatex? My mom. I don't know how it's different than the other. I mean, it's good. It's better. And the branding, I think, is a little bit chicer. Yeah. And they clearly don't advertise as much as the other guys. But I tried the other guys. I'll say I have the waffle knit towels from Parachute that I and I like those. I was looking for a hefty, soft terry towel. Like a thick thick terry. Yeah. Yeah, That feels absolutely luxurious when you get out of the towel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, I also think that, like, if you're looking for something that's going to hold up for, you know, years as guest mm-hmm. towels like that's a good way to go i also just like a waffle knit towel is kind of a specific thing i don't know if my guests want that i think that's right i think it's you know? it's not standard it's not yeah standard. but it is it's it's like there's these categories of things for which we need the consumer reports of the world it's like having a baby for one yeah. you're so fucking invested when it's you yeah and when it's not you a forgotten and b cannot believe people are still talking about it yeah, People are yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. Newborn. Because I just, I just don't think that like the best advice is coming from the like mainstream pubs on this at this point, unfortunately, which are Maybe. like very fueled by Amazon and all of that at this point. Well, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's still room for it, and the problem is that the media business is broken, and it's like you can't make money off of this unless. So we never get to know what good towels are because the media business is broken. Like I think. It's no, so, I think that's right. I don't think that's do actually this. the wrong. Yeah. Right. It's like Gwyneth has to sell stuff too. Yeah. You know, I don't know, guys. Yeah. 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 No, totally. Totally. You read a great book recently. Speaking of journeys. 
wouldn't shut up about it. You heard so much about I've this book. I've heard so much about it. It really stuck with you. It really stuck with me. It's called I'll Have What She's Having by Aaron Carlson. It is about the making of the three iconic Nora Ephron rom-coms. So When Harry Met Sally, which she wrote, Sleepless in Seattle, which she wrote and directed, and You've Got Mail, which she wrote and directed. Okay. Um, and I, When Harry Met Sally's Rob Reiner? Carl, exactly. Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And her and Delia Efron co-wrote Sleepless in Seattle okay. and You've Got Mail. Like, so yeah, she's not okay. necessarily the sole okay. person. Those are considered sort of like her movies in that like she like shaped and the stories are hers. So part of what was really compelling about this book that I just like don't think I really got for some reason was that she didn't start directing until she was 50. That was like a real aha moment for me. And like, obviously she had a, a very successful, you know, journalism career before this and yeah. was a sort of name and a personality. Yeah. But I guess I didn't really realize that that she and Julia Child were ostensibly on the same mm. trajectory of having mm-hmm. this sort of like later in mm-hmm. life, sort of like second career yep. boom. And that they were just like, she was just such a cultural fixture at 50 mm-hmm. as a woman, which is surprising. Amazing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, amazing, amazing. It made me think of this book that Anne Friedman told me about called I Shock Myself. I have not read it yet, but it's about a sculptor named Beatrice Wood who did not take up ceramics until she was 40. And then she made the work that she was best known for in her 90s, which is when she wrote this book. And just that like idea of self-shock in general and like the ability mm-hmm. to surprise yourself and to do things you didn't. You just mm-hmm. didn't have any even concept of doing mm-hmm. maybe when you were in your 30 is very compelling. Yeah. The entire book is a delight. We talked about this the other day, but this quote, I just- Oh like, my God, this is so good. This is what stuck with me. This I is what stuck with you. Good, good, this good. Is the, this is the piece that really stuck with me that you told me. While promoting When Harry Met Sally, Nora, an atheist, explained how, quote, Christian and, quote, Jewish romantic comedies differ. External forces separated lovers in the former- while characters' neuroses obstruct happiness in the latter. It's so good. It's so good. Um, And as we discussed at dinner last night, all of the romantic comedies these days are Jewish by that definition. Every every romantic romantic. Yes, that is like the mom keeping them apart. This is external forces. No, every romance, every rom-com now, it's all neuroses. It's all inner, it's all head stuff. It's not like he's being sent off to war and so we can't be together. Um, It's not Dear John, you know? Right. Um, Well, this is the modern condition. We got everything we want. We're still unhappy. So we have to like come up with new problems. And we all have therapy now. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I just like recommend every piece of this book, of course. But there was a particular sort of comedy for me in the You've Got Mail sections because it just speaks to such a specific time and such a specific moment. Basically, they had this idea for this movie But it was like nobody really involved in the movie was emailing. Like they weren't personally. (laughs) They were like, we think this thing's happening. It's like they're like, it's definitely happening. Mm -hmm. They were right. But like it's definitely happening. We're going to bring in some consultants to like Mm -hmm. teach us about this Mm -hmm. and email and how it works. A junior staffer had to set up AOL on Meg Ryan's computer. Incredible. Like the first email she sends is to Tom. In the due diligence for the movie, the studio. found out that you've got mail, the like phrase wasn't copyrighted by AOL. So they copyrighted it and gave it to AOL. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Aaron Carlson, the author, also wrote an, a book that came out recently called No Crying in Baseball about the making of a league of their own. And there's this really good lit hub article about it that basically just like lists everybody who auditioned for this movie, which includes Courtney Cox, Cindy Crawford, Sarah Jackson Parker, Tatum O'Neill, wow. Kelly Preston, Brooke Shields, Elizabeth Perkins. Like they all had to like play baseball for Penny Marshall. And certain people just got sent home for like throwing like a girl. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. And then there's this bit about Rosie O'Donnell who came up on last last week's episode or the one before. Yes. Rosie O'Donnell, a stand-up comedian and VH1 DJ, flew in from New York for the occasion. If I don't get this part, I'll quit show business, she thought. If there's one thing I can do better than Meryl Streep, it's play baseball. (laughs) Did you know she was a VH1 DJ? No! I have no idea. No idea. Well, that's the show. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.